0: New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code FIELDGOAL, bet $5 on Super Bowl 57, and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877 8 hope or text hope Y 467-369. Bonus issued as bonus bets. Eligibility and terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash football terms. That's 20% off at grimly.com slash podcast.
1: welcome back everybody it is the rasball fantasy baseball podcast i am beat joined by the fantasy master lothario himself gray albright we got two weeks in the books kind like one and a half weeks here gray how you feeling
2: uh bad (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh yeah you know what like I, the the first three days of the season were really good for my team, but ever since then it's been kind of downhill. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I uh, you know what? I had uh, I had Hunter Green on my bench uh, on Sunday and Tyler Mall in the lineup, and that just like that that was just a killer man. Like Tyler Tyler Mall against the Dodgers. I I know the Dodgers are good, but I I thought he would have been able to Oh oh God. I'm, I'm already complaining about my teams. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Things things have, uh, things have been better on my end, but you know what? It's a long season. It's, uh, it, it's just, uh, it's just the beginning. We have a, uh, we have another uh, twenty four weeks of pain. <laughs>
1: <to come. laughs> so yeah, when things are good, how, how are things with you, b Don? Uh, I'm, I'm either like bottom and like three in my leagues, or I'm, I'm top three. It's been, there's no middle ground. I am not sixth in any single league. Like my teams have bottomed out, and I have a bunch of guys hitting, you know, below two hundred. Or, like, everybody's clicking and, and everybody's hitting, like, 300 plus and, and home runs and it's beautiful. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes early in the season. So, I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping everything kind of shakes out and uh, some of those bottom teams pick it up. And, and the top teams, I can I can just stay there. But that's, you know, probably all wishful uh, thinking, but that's how we're you, going.
2: I don't know if you have any of these teams, but I have one team where I look at it and I'm like, what was I even thinking when I was drafted? <laughs> <laughs> like, I I have, a, I have one team where I look at it and I'm like, huh, I I know I, I, I think I know what I'm doing, but man, this team's a mess. <laughs> 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 yeah, like I, mean. like, I can't even find like a, like, I can't find like a hitter or, or a pitcher I like on one of those teams. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I should have, I should have not, I should have done something else here, man. <laughs>
0: You
1: always, uh, you always have one of those where, like, you overthink it or, like, maybe, especially for you, I mean, so many people read your your stuff and then jump in your drafts, like, they just grab everybody you want, so you're like, where do I, where do I go now? And then you just end up with this weird-looking team that resembles nothing, uh, like, yeah. that, that seems normal. Um, hey,
2: yeah, like, I, yeah, like, also, you know, I really like uh, drafting early on, like, in November, and you feel like you're, uh, you feel like you're driving the ADP. You're like you're you're like uh you're mister you're Mr. ADP driver. You're putting the the D <laughs> the D in ADP is driver. You're doing you're doing that, you know? And it's like And then you get into the season, and you're like, man, I really had no idea what the playing time was going to be for some of these guys. (laughs) I'm like, I'm dealing with, like, I'm like, damn, I don't even know if I have a a starting second baseman right now. (laughs) And we're only
1: in week two. (laughs) Oh, it's not good. Oh, yeah. Jonathan India, I know you have him a ton of places. You starting him this week?
2: (sighs) Yeah, I I have to. (laughs) I have to start him in a... And like most of my leagues, I don't even have an option. Like honestly, I got no, I got no options. If you have a, if people have better options, I, I say, go with a better option. Um, you know what though? By the time people listen to this podcast, we'll probably have a better idea whether or not Jonathan India is going to be good to go. So I don't. Know, hopefully he's fine. Um, I don't know if I'm jinxing him or reverse jinxing him at this point. But yeah, I'm starting him. Unfortunately. <laughs>
1: yeah i've uh i think i've swapped him in for i think i have jazz swapped in for him in a couple of leagues and that's about the only one where i've i've really wow kind
2: of, that's some good that's that you got some depth there man jazz oh <laughs> i wish i had depth like that i uh yeah i i don't think i ha- i i think i had like luis reyes who's obviously injured himself so yeah i had no options really so
1: yeah there we go. Yeah. Wee. Wee. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it here a little bit. Let's talk about some of the pitchers who have come out to start the year and, and look good. And whether we're believing in them or whether, you know, they're they're kind of just uh, off to a hot start and got a couple of, of nice ones to begin with. Let's start with a guy that uh, if he has a good season, I'm going to have to eat some crow on because I, I just didn't believe in him at all. And that is Andrew Heaney. He is split to where he's pretty much exclusively throwing the fastball slider. He's had the Twins and Reds so far. He's at San Diego this week. What do you think about Andrew Heaney? Are you adding him in all leagues just speculatively right now? Or are you worried about like, are you waiting to see this at San Diego in shallow leagues? No, I'm I'm adding them for sure. I think
2: uh, I think with a lot of these guys that we'll we'll talk about, you gotta have to you're gonna have to add them in 95% of the leagues now, and uh, you know either take your lumps or bench them for one start to see if it's for real. But I think in most leagues, you kind of have to add them now and see what happens because otherwise they're gonna be gone. Someone else is gonna add them. So you know, like uh, Andrew Heaney, uh, it looks like. So he's an interesting one because it looks like he's actually really laying off of the fastball a lot. Like his fastball, the velocity is down um, a little bit, you know, not dramatically, like almost a mile per hour. But he's also just throwing it a lot less. So he's throwing his fastball like barely, barely 50 percent, like just under 50 percent at 48.7 percent. And his slider is way up. His slider's up to almost 50 percent. And that's it. Like he's become like a two-pitch pitcher. So he's like, he's got the change at three percent, but that's pretty negligible. So it's like fastball slider and nothing else. That doesn't sound like something that can be sustained. I don't like I, I'm definitely adding Heaney because you know, like you don't wanna get you don't wanna get to like June and be like, oh man, he was sitting there on waivers and I could have added him and I didn't because I'm a coward. <laughs> <laughs> but but you but you also look at the numbers and you're like, mm, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know if that's really like his uh his K per 9 after uh two starts is a 14 uh 14 uh K per 9 and his walks are down to 2.6, but that that it, this all it's only in 10 point it's only in 10 and a third inning so this, this all feels very small sample size like this doesn't this doesn't feel like a legitimate change unless he can really take like unless he can really throw only two pitches all year. now if he if he can get away with two pitches, I guess he could have like, he could have that breakout that everyone's been hoping from him for, like, the last, like, seven years. You know, like, um, I will say, like, Steamer and uh, Rudy's projections, they they were pretty high on Heaney in the preseason. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't think they were this high, obviously. He's got a zero ERA, so no one was this high on him. But I, I do think they you know, I, I think there might be like a little bit of a breakout versus like previous years. Like last year, he had a five point eight three ERA uh, with good Ks and walks. So that that looked like a uh, you know that looked like a buying opportunity because there is no way he was almost a six ERA guy. Um, you know, it was really his homers were really high up. So if he can, so if he can uh, continue to throw only two pitches. I could see him potentially being a back-end uh, starter for even the shallowest of leagues, so I would grab him. I don't think he's. I don't think he's having that, you know, a, illustrious Robbie Ray type breakout. Though I, I don't see that really uh, from him for just after two starts.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm in agreement. I think. I mean, while I, I agree, you probably need to add him. He's. I mean, he's with the Dodgers. He's looked good so far. You need to see if this continues. I don't think it will. Uh, I mean, his slider is a decent pitch. It's it's always been solid, but it's not like a Robbie Ray wipeout slider that you can just live off of. So I do think there's going to be a point in time where he may need to add back the change and, and kind of adjust the mix again when people realize he's just not throwing at that anymore. Let's do a little quick, who would you rather have here? Would you rather have Andrew Heaney or Zach Plisak?
2: Mm, I'd probably go Heaney, because is uh, such a, a floor bet with his... His Ks are so low, so he's he's a floor-type bet. So, yeah, I'd go Heaney. All right, how about Reed Detmers? Mm, I'd probably still go Detmers, even though he, he hasn't started, like, that great. I'd go Detmers.
1: Yeah, he had a, he had a rough first start, but uh, I, I think I'm with you. I like the upside on Detmers. Jamison Tyon? Uh...
2: I would go Heaney. I, I don't really have much faith in Tyon. All right,
1: fair enough. I think that's the first one I'm going to disagree, and I'm, I'm going to go Tyon. Um, but I don't feel strongly about that one. And lastly, Alex Cobb of the you know upgraded fastball.
2: Yeah, I would I would go Cobb.
1: All right.
0: American Giant is the leading manufacturer of American-made clothing. When you choose American Giant, you are saying
1: yes to clothes made under the highest standards. Ones that support sustainable jobs, living wages, safe working conditions, and use high-quality materials. Plus, they have a full range of
0: timeless, durable basics for men and women. Wear your values in the new year. Get 20% off with code NY23 at American-Giant.com. That's 20% off at
1: American-Giant.com. Code NY23. Next one on the list here is Kyle Wright. It's one of the many top arms the Braves have drafted over the last, I don't know, like decade, it feels like. He's ditched the slider. He made it into one curveball that's a little more sweepy rather than kind of the straight 12-6 curve. Um, Velocity's back up, which is great to see. What do you like here on Kyle Wright? I mean, I like him more than Heaney. Are you in agreement he's over Heaney?
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Kyle Kyle Wright, uh, I think after one start, in my mind, he became a number two to number three starter in uh, shallower mix leagues. Like I, I was telling people to grab Kyle Wright almost immediately after his first start because you know he's the kind of guy where he has a uh, he has great stuff. So if he's able to figure it out, and it and he he'll figure it out quickly. And it looked like he did after one start. So I would grab Kyle Wright for sure. Uh, I, I you know you mentioned. The velocity, fastball velocity is up. He's not uh, depending on it. He's using his uh, curve a lot. He's got his change up. He's got like four pitches, and they're all really working for him. Right now his K per nine is (laughs) 12.3. His walk rate's under one, so the walk rate will come up. That's, you know, his command isn't, his command is good. It's not quite that good. So, you know, and his K's will probably go down a little bit. So we're still dealing with a little bit of a sample size thing. you know, he's not a a one and a half ERA guy, but he's definitely worth grabbing in like every league for sure. I think he's, I think he's like, you know, to give you an idea of where I'm seeing uh, Kyle Wright, I would have if if I would have saw this coming, I probably would have put him in the range of like where I was drafting like Sean Manaya, like uh, you know a hundred and ten overall, a hundred ninety ninety to a hundred and ten overall ADP kind of area, like number a a a low number two, a high number three. Uh, in that's shallow mixed leagues. Obviously not a, you know, in a fifteen-team mixed league, uh, that uh, Mania goes up. Right, right stays similar area. I would say, uh, I would say though, yeah. I mean, like I'm looking at Kyle Wright, like you know, and um, uh, Nathan Ivaldi e- or Kyle Wright, kind of like you know, like that's the kind of names I'm looking at with Kyle Wright. I'm, I'm totally in. I, I wish I would have grabbed them in more leagues. I feel like this could be. A, Absolute breakout.
1: Yeah, I I love Kyle Wright. I've always kind of been a fan. I held him on an ale only for like half the season last year, just because I thought he was going to get called up by the Braves last year. Didn't happen, so I was a year early. But yes, I think Kyle Wright gets added in every single league. Um, and you heard Gray mention the kind of names he's looking at where he's putting him. So that's that's like a top thirty, top thirty five starter pretty easily. So I I think uh, that gives you an idea of where we're at on Kyle Wright. Nestor Cortez Jr., I mean, there's nothing really new here stuff-wise. The velocity is up slightly. That's nice to see. But, I mean, he looks solid last year. He's looked solid This so far this year. I mean, do you expect anything to change with, with Nestor?
2: No, not not really. You know, um, Cool Whip wrote a uh, sleeper post on Nestor Cortez in the preseason, and uh, and he pointed out a a, a good... It's sort of a, a good reason why Nestor Cortez, it's it's all deception. Like the uh the Nestor Cortez lives on like just not being like just varying his release points and not being predictable. Like it's really there's a lot of deception, a lot of uh variance in his pitches, uh and his uh release points. It's just like the hitters just can't catch up to his ninety. 91 mile per hour fastball because they don't know where it's coming from. They don't know uh, that they're not expecting it. So it it actually it it reads closer to like a 93, 94. So it's he he, he's also uh, like, let's be real. He's not a 16 point. Four K per nine guy. Okay, he's not. He's not. He hasn't suddenly become Jacob Degrom. No. <laughs> uh, he he is definitely pitching well, and I think he continued to do that. His command is really good. Like he's all as long as his command is there, he's going to be fine. Uh, you know, his command was there last year, and he was a under three ERA guy in ninety three innings. So he's been here before. It's just a lot of people. I don't think believed it uh, last year, you know. And it was also it was coming out of the bullpen for a uh, you know a handful of innings. And this year, his rotation spot is always going to be you know it's going to be prepare, uh, precarious because you know the Yankees are a you know big big budget team that could go out and grab someone at the at the trade deadline. They're not a uh, they're not a sit back and wait type of team uh, and just let you know, Nestor Cortez pitch. So there's a chance that like he could be great for 120 innings and there, he could get bumped to the bullpen. He could get potentially just, um, you know, sent down for, uh, just to, uh, throttle his innings, even like, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say what the Yankees will do with him, but he's definitely a guy grab now. If you have room, he feels more like a, um, Like I would, you know, like we were saying before, you know, where I would uh, rank him now, I would say Nestor Cortez is probably around a, you know, maybe 200, 220, 250 overall, like he's a back end pitcher. Think about like you know where you have your like Matt Brashes uh, of the world and Hunter Greens and Nick Lode- L- Lodolo's. like Nestor Cortez is sitting in that range of like a fifth or sixth fantasy starter where you're probably starting him every time out like right now because he looks really good but if he has like one hiccup. You could either you you could see yourself benching him, or even potentially dropping him for someone else. So grab him now because he looks good, but I wouldn't I wouldn't count on him continuing to be anywhere close to how he's how good he's been. But I would say he can be valuable as a back end fantasy starter for
0: sure.
1: Right. I'm thinking like mid threes, the high threes, ERA, and ERA. uh, I mean, he's kept the whip down for two years. The walk rates been I mean pretty much in I mean it's been under control the last couple of years so I I think the whip probably stays low the ERA I I think last year was you know probably a little too low at 2.9 but 3.5 to 3.7 I think is well within the range of possibilities here with Nestor I mean you're right it's deception it's that he uses all his pitches in every sector of the zone Um, he's he's just kind of a he's just kind of getting it done maybe like a a Cueto with less stuff is kind of how I, I look at him.
2: Yeah, that's a, uh, I think that's a pretty good comparison. I I also uh, – I would say p- potentially – like Cueto, not now, young Cueto. And yeah. also, uh, yeah, like uh, – so a few more Ks in Cueto now. But, yeah, that's a – I think that's a fair comparison.
1: All right, moving on to our next guy. That's Joe Ryan. He's another guy who's changed his pitch mix. He's throwing his slider about double from last year. He's up to 32%. Fastballs, the where it's come from. He's gone from sixty-six to forty-eight percent. Joe Ryan was a guy that I don't really have. I might have one share of in a in a best ball, but I I really didn't have a lot of a lot of shares in. Do you like Joe Ryan? I guess did you like him before? Do you have some shares? And uh, what do you like so far?
2: Honestly, I don't know off the top of my head if I have shares. <laughs> I did like Joe Ryan though. He was a guy I would have drafted um, if I had. <laughs> <laughs> if I
0: if I had drafted him. Uh
2: yeah, I think uh, you know, he's like the stereotypical Minnesota Twins starter where like uh okay uh okay K's like oh, K's, okay? Is that a thing? Did I just come up with a thing? He's got like, you know, eight and a half to nine and a half uh K per nine, but he's gonna have really good command. Mm-hmm. So it's like the usual twins sort of economical starter. Uh, type thing where, you know, they, their command is just going to be pristine. Now, honestly, it's kind of funny. It's a small sample size uh, still, so it's like, you know, take this with a grain of salt, but Joe Ryan's uh, command hasn't been really that great to start the year. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I I I honestly don't know what the weather was like where he was pitching. You know, sometimes in one or two starts, a guy, you know, if he's in cold weather or if there's just like or if it's windy or if it's rainy, you know, that could potentially affect a guy. So I, I wouldn't put too much weight in the fact that he has, uh, you know, he has four walks and only 10 innings. Uh, that is for him. That is a, a an an odd thing because he really is like a, a pristine command guy, uh, you know, and like you said, he's throwing his slider a lot like his fastball, he's not throwing his fastball hardly at all. So I mean there's some concern here if this continues. I think it's too early to say I'm really concerned right now, but I do think there there is something here. Like his Homer's Homer's allowed is up a little bit because, you know, and that that goes back to command. If he's not able to command his pitches, so, you know, he's if he's leaving a ball over the heart of the plate, uh and then on other occasions, he's walking guys. Yeah, I mean, his numbers don't look good. Like, I'll be honest, I I liked Joe Ryan more before looking at his numbers this morning. I think, um, I think it is still too early to really draw too many conclusions. And I would still try and hold Joe Ryan for now. Uh, but I'm not really overly enthused by what I'm seeing.
1: Yeah, I don't understand like where the because he's had a high K rate in the minors, but like just watching him pitch and like the stuff, I, I don't really understand where the high K rate comes from in the minors. I, it seems like where he's kind of sitting this year, which is twenty six percent, is is pretty much the. I have, the a, ceiling I have a theory. In the,
2: you know, I have a theory. So, a um, Joe Ryan type. This could this could be right or wrong. This is totally a theory. I'm just I just thought of it as you were saying that that like you know in the minors guys are more aggressive. So if a guy like Joe Ryan is nibbling and hitting like, you know, just off the side, just off the plate. Like if he's throwing just off the plate, that could induce more strikeouts in the minors and then in the majors his command could be not as good because uh, major league hitters will be like, I'm not biting on a 91 mile per hour fastball off the plate. You know,
1: mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I don't know. Yeah. No, that I'm definitely. Honestly,
2: I'm just throwing out a theory. I don't
1: know. No, that definitely could be. I mean, you want to get called up, you need you need the numbers to do it. So they do. They are a little bit more aggressive. They're learning still a little bit in the minors. They're working on things. So that, you know, they're trying to put the ball in play a little bit more. Whereas once you've kind of gotten the call up, you're in the majors and established. You know, you take your, your bats and, 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 you know, there's better competition in general. Um, I will say he has a 98% left on base so far this season. So I think, to your point, I think he's getting a little lucky to start the year here. But all four walks were in the opening game. And you can't really fault him for being slightly nervous in the opening game. So I'm willing to give him a little bit pass on the walks. I, I guess amongst the guys we've talked about so far. So Heaney, right? Nestor, Ryan. I think Wright sits at the top for both of us. And then it sounds like you probably have Heaney too. I probably have Nestor too. And then where does Ryan fit?
2: Uh yeah, I would say probably uh I'd rank them right, Heaney, Ryan Nestor. Okay. But that's but the Ryan nester thing is, is real up in the air depending on how much how how good they look in their next couple starts because like Ryan, like this is all very fluid, obviously, but I would say Ryan is probably like he's in danger of uh, falling off of mixed league radars for me. If he continues pitching how he has been, because he doesn't, his numbers don't look good.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he can't, he can't get away with lackluster control and walks and, and continue to be uh, as good as his numbers say he's been so far. Next up is Tyler McGill, Tyler with an O. Uh, fastball up to ninety or up to ninety six and a half from ninety four point seven last year. That's good to see. Other than that, it's pretty much a similar mix. Just, I mean, that fastball velocity jumping a mile and a half's a, a huge gain here.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Tyler McGill is definitely taking a going uh, step up for me for sure. I think uh, you know Tyler McGill, you know. If, uh, so uh, Metco is is a good park. Uh, I think uh, McGill is uh, he's in a good place because like the Mets, the Met as long as McGill stays healthy because. Uh, you know, with the Mets, there's only going to be like, you know, there's only going to be one starter that stays healthy. <laughs> Hopefully it's McGill. Um, for uh, people who have McGill, for other people, people who are are like, probably like, oh, no, I want Scherzer to stay healthy. Wait, we can only have one Mets starter stay healthy? What about Chris Bassett? Uh, I like, you know, I like McGill a lot. I think he's probably, he's, he, he's a guy where I'm like, I, I see his stuff. And I honestly, I don't, I don't see how he's doing, how he's uh, like, he's been sort of overlooked for a long, like he's never really been considered a uh, top prospect uh, for whatever reason. I don't honestly know why, but because if you look at his numbers and his stuff and you're like, Oh yeah. I mean, you know, like you mentioned the velocity's up, but yeah, I mean, if McGill's throwing 97 miles per hour and you know, he's got a good slider and a good change, <laughs> that's a, i mean he could be a, a number 2 to 3 fantasy starter i you know definitely um definitely 3 to 4 at worst uh depending on matchups i guess and and the shallower of leagues uh you know for some some leagues guys have like you know 20 you know they're the top starters on their team are like, you know, the top three or four starters in the league <laughs> in some leagues. <laughs> so it depends on the league for sure. But I think McGill could be a, um, a three or four at worst, even in a, even in a shallow league, I think he's, he's got good K's like, not going to be, he's not, I don't think he's got ace stuff necessarily. Like he's probably like a, a nine, nine and a half K per nine. Um, okay. Walk rate probably like around a three walk rate, a uh, a three and a half to three, seven, five ERA, give or take. Uh, I, you know, he's like he's a totally usable starter that I think, honestly, I, I feel I get this. I get a sense from him that uh, in shallower leagues, he's going to be on and off waivers, but he'll probably be a guy that you'll you'll look back on and you'll be like, oh, I should have just held him the whole year. I should have never dropped him.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think I kinda like Tyler McGill. I the velocity uptick is, is very intriguing. Um I think the K's are gonna come along with that. He has not given up a walk through two outings here. So I, I think I'm I'm kind of in on Tyler McGill. I think I have him of the guys we've talked about so far, second behind right. Um so I, I'm I'm in on Tyler McGill. Next is a guy who I think belongs at the top with with right and maybe even above him, and that's Jesus lazardo, his fastball is another one that's up two miles an hour up to ninety seven and a half he's ditched the change he's throwing fifty percent fastball fifty percent slider pretty much Jesus lazardo looked electric in his in his start, yeah, stuff
2: where like I think if he is only throwing two pitches, he could still be an ace with two pitches like he's right. He's the kind of guy who's just like he needs he needs basically just his fastball to work <laughs> if his <laughs> fastball's working as well as it has been, he will be you know he's gonna be a number one to two fantasy starter I you know i I see him definitely like I you know you mentioned uh, the rankings I would say probably Lazardo's over Kyle right for me and you know if uh you can remember back a roughly twelve minutes ago. I'm really high on Kyle Wright, so <laughs> it shows you how high I am on uh, Jesus Lazardo. I think I think Lazardo could be an ace. Like he could be, you know, a top twenty starter this year. I I don't know. Like I would look at Jesus Lazardo right now as like uh, Dylan Cease type. You know, where you're like not like you you you're worried you're going to get you know, a a blow up here or there, but the stuff is just so good that like Lizardo could be a 10 plus K per nine uh, guy. And if his walk rate, if like, if he can command his pitches and get his walk rate, like, you know, even if it's rough, even if it's like a two and a half to three walk rate, Lizardo's like a number one to number two fantasy starter. Like he, he is like, he's a buy. Like, I think, like, people are, like, you know, people who are listening to this are, like, well, he's already, uh, you know, he's already rostered on another team. Like, you could buy high on Lazardo and still probably come out ahead.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I think uh, and you can definitely pull that off right now. I mean, he looks – his he just looks amazing. Um, and he does have the stuff. I mean, he could be – I, you know, I don't I don't necessarily love these con- these th- kind of things, but he could be like this year's Robbie Ray where he just kind of breaks out because he ditches the third pitch and just leans on the one pitch that he has. It's amazing, which is a slider. And then you get the fastball that has movement. Plus, he's got the uptick in velocity. I mean, there, there could be great things heading in the future here for Lazardo. Let's talk about a couple of bats here, Gray. Uh, Owen Miller, number six on the player radar as of Monday morning when we're recording this. These things happen when you hit five hundred. Uh, I mean, he's a low launch angle guy. He's, he's he's a contact guy. But Owen Miller, for real, or is this just kind of a start? Oh, that, no. um, if you would have said in
2: uh, in march if you would have said what do, what do i think of owen miller i'd be like is that was that uh <laughs> billy crystal's character in uh, throw mama from the train <laughs> <laughs> or or is that danny devito which character was owen miller again uh, i you know i owen miller i i hear like people saying you know good things about owen miller about um you know I, i've seen some like uh quote-unquote experts, talking about Owen Miller, like, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, this breakout could be real. And I I want to ask them more questions. <laughs> I want to <laughs> ask them what they mean by the breakout could be real. Breakout. Yeah, like, <laughs> is Owen Miller trapped inside of a cave somewhere and it has to break out? I, I honestly, I feel like Owen Miller it, could be, like, like jokes aside, I think he could be a 280 to 290 hitter, which is really good in today's game. Like, that's really valuable um, because his his contact is great. Like, he does have good contact. He has good plate discipline. His walk rate's awesome. I don't think he has much power or speed, though. So that, I mean, that really hurts him a lot. I mean, you know, if you're looking at, like, him or Luis Arise. I mean, that's that I feel like that's the uh, like that's the sort of uh, six of one, a half a dozen of another. And I don't think anyone's rushing out to like add Luis uh, Arise. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I think of Owen Miller. I think he's I think he could be fine for batting average. Maybe if he's like if he stays hot, he could potentially hit a another homer or two. But like you mentioned with his launch angle, I mean, this guy's. He's hitting worm killers. <laughs> he's not a yeah. he's not a fly ball hitter <laughs> at, at, by any stretch of the imagination. He's got like a, a three-something launch angle. He's a, a really – it's a flat plane. So it's not bad for line drives, but it's also going to produce a lot of ground balls. He's not going to hit a lot of fly balls. He's like maybe a 12-homer hitter if he gets really lucky. And he's got no speed at all, like maybe – five steals so like yeah, you're looking at like that's so you're Jewish. looking at like best case <laughs> scenario 12 homers five steals 280 average that's fine i mean that's not terrible in a deep league but that's not really that good
1: yeah i, I think like i'm thinking like yandy diaz going back to a, a former yeah cleveland player a... like that's kind of who i'm looking at here um similar numbers and maybe maybe oh, maybe he has a better average than we really got from from Yandi over any kind of big sample size but that kind of build right Ag- agreed all right let's talk about a guy that I, I i may have to eat a some crow on as well francisco lindor has three home runs two in the same game in city field which is a big deal two stolen bases are you buying francisco lindor back or I mean, is he is he what he used to be? Is he somewhere in between there and what he was last year, which was uh, you know fairly disappointing for for all involved? I don't know if you're gonna. I I wouldn't start eating
2: the crow just yet. I think he might have just been like hot for the first couple weeks. Uh, I don't I don't really see anything in his profile jumping out that says anything to me that is like something's changed. Like he's hitting as of the recording of this, he's hitting two seventy three. And his, his babbitt is still so low, um, and that's you know I mean that uh, may not have stabilized just yet, but his babbitt was crazy low last year. He had a 248 babbitt last year, so a 240 babbitt this year. If he's become a, a 250 babbitt guy, he's gonna hit. For, he's not gonna hit for a very good average. Uh, his K's are you know his K's and his walks right now look good. But I don't think that's going to stay. I I think he's just hot. Like I think, I think Lindor could be a bit of a a sell high if you can get if people believe he's once again like a a top fifteen overall hitter, uh, which I don't believe. I I don't see anything in his profile telling me that uh, that anything that's really changed that dramatically from last year. Like I don't think he's going to be terrible. He looks like he's still. You know, roughly 22 homer, 12 steals, no, 260, 255. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's fine. It's not bad. I think he's still relative. I think he's still about as valuable as he was when he was drafted in, in March. It's just maybe he looks a little bit better on paper now because he had a hot, you know, 10 games.
1: Yeah, I mean, the two homer game definitely makes everything... Everything kind of come together and look a little prettier. Again, I'm with you. I think if you can sell him for, you know, like he's a 30-20 guy like he used to be, I'm going to go ahead and do that. If you were expecting, you know, 25-15 from him, then that's pretty much what I'm expecting still, um, which, is, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, his launch angle is down to the lowest point, really, of his career, which is a little bit concerning as we move forward. He was already kind of in an area where he needed to, to launch the ball a little bit to hit more of those home runs in City Field. So I don't know if he's maybe going with a more line drive approach since he, he warning tracked a little a few too many last year. Maybe that gives him a little bit extra average, but something to monitor as well as that launching all indoor.
3: Yeah, agreed. Valentine's Day isn't just about who you love, but what you love. And if you love learning about history, innovation, exploration, and true stories that will leave you inspired, then you have to get to the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. You'll find three floors filled with treasures from the Revolution to today. You can even drop in the museum store and get a gift for that special someone. Parking and admission are free. For tickets, visit usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org.
1: A guy who's also gotten off to a very hot start is G-Man Choi, 455, 613, 864, with two home runs. He's been hitting out of the three and four spot. I mean, G-Man Choi is available in shallow leagues, so you can pick him up, put him in your corner utility. Those are both perfectly great spots for him. But is he worth trading for in deeper leagues, or are you just kind of enjoying the ride with him?
2: He's, uh, he's hit four, four or five balls total, and he has two home runs. Ha-ha! <laughs> If he keeps up that pace, he's going to have a uh, roughly... 79 homers this year <laughs> yo g-man Choi, that's a pretty good year if he gets a 79 homers that's a solid year for g-man Choi. i'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that
1: <laughs> that's a real reach dream i mean yeah. you're really putting yourself out there
2: yeah if he hits 455 with 79 homers i'm gonna say he's gonna have a good he, year. Might, he might get some awards he might yeah, be okay he might make an all-star team <laughs> Um, yeah, I just had I just had a flashback to, uh, our, uh, our, our 2020 60 game season. And like, this would be, <laughs> this would be like a big sample size for that season. I mean, what were we even doing during that season? It's like so ridiculous. Um, yeah, this is just like, I mean, uh, G man Choi is basically a hot potato right now. I, I don't buy anything. That anything in the (laughs) underlying numbers, I, uh, if anything, I'm a little bit concerned because his fly balls are so down and his ground balls are so up that G man joy actually might, he might actually be, uh, setting himself up for a worse year this year than, previous seasons. And and trust me, if you don't know, G Man Choice had some pretty bad seasons.
1: (laughs) It's kind of a miracle he stayed in the league for this long. Yeah. Yeah, Based on some of those
2: seasons. I I think he should uh definitely thank Kevin Cash for giving him (laughs) that
1: Being really, really cheap. Yes. Yes. Um Uh I mean his his numbers look great across the board. I mean he's absolutely scorching the ball, so it's really hard to say anything negative as to his stats right now. But you're right, his launch angle's 10.2 that's the lowest it's been since 2017 um second lowest of his career the seven i don't know what happened in 2017 that was a that was a weird year he didn't really play that much so it's it's i wouldn't even take anything it's his lowest launch angle of any real season he's had just enjoy it for now i don't think i'm trading for him i'll pick him up and stream him but we're not expecting this to continue no Josh Bell, however, he may continue. I mean, he looks great. He's not striking out. He's walking. He's hitting for power. He's cleaning hitting cleanup for the Nationals. 350, 469, 525 to start the year. I mean, Josh Bell was always somebody who had a who we told him was had a great eye, and now we're we might be finally seeing like it all come together.
2: Yeah, no, I wish I had a I wish I had a couple shares of Josh Bell. He was always there in like that, that uh that rizzo schwarber area and i i just never i went with rizzo which i've been happy with rizzo has been fine to start the year uh josh bell just never ended up on any of my teams i wish he did because you're right i mean his numbers you know it it is uh it is a small sample size but it looks good i mean that's that's what i wish you would say uh yeah i mean he I mean his walks are up, you said it. I mean you said it all. I like Josh Bell a lot looking at his numbers. I think um if you can buy Josh Bell right now, I would do it.
1: Yeah, I mean he looks comfortable in the lineup. Like he just looks good at the plate right now. I haven't I don't know if I've ever seen him look this comfortable. Um, you know, plate appearance plate appearance plate appearance it's it's always kind of been a little a little streaky here and there and it's kind of uh A wild ride at times but it looks good Mm -hmm. um next up is Jorge Mateo three stolen bases 267 353 he's had one stolen base every series so it's not like he just had one pitcher catcher combo that he's he abused um I mean Jorge Mateo right now if you need speed looks like a good bet for it Mm -hmm.
2: yeah no completely I uh yeah I led with him in my uh buy on Friday of last week and uh yeah it, it didn't I didn't, I didn't get the sense that people were totally bought in on Mateo, but if you're looking for speed, and he also could throw in, he could chuck in some power, too. Like, if people were like, oh, man, I missed out on a mile straw, it's like Jorge Matata. Uh, Jorge Matata. <laughs> <laughs> Hakuna, Hakuna Matata is uh, not a bad bet. No, I, I Jorge Mateo is probably, like, a good, cheap mile straw right now that you can get. I think you can get him in any league really for like next to nothing, even if he's owned, he's probably a guy that people would like throw in in a trade for something else. Like I, I, you know, I think Jorge Mateo is being uh, slept on a little bit by, uh, you know, fantasy baseballers in general.
1: Yeah, I agree. And we're talking about a guy who has, I mean, he has top 10 90 foot split uh, time right now. So he has plenty of speed to run. He's shown he can do it, and it looks like they're going to let him. So that's, I mean, all that blends into somebody that can be useful, even even playing for Baltimore. Yep. Now, on the bad side of reality here, uh, Christian Yelich. he has a 0.9% launch angle. <laughs> uh, I mean, all the, all the other numbers, exit, velocity, barrel, right, hard hit are all good, but if you just don't hit it anywhere in the air, are you are are we panicking on Christian Yelich? I mean, I have zero shares. I was completely out on Yelich, but I understand why people liked him. He still hits the ball hard. He he still was a you know a top player very short time ago. But man, it looks bad.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree. I I wish he would hit like it'd be nice if he hit a couple like. Um you know, balls down the line that got, like, stuck in, like, under the fence or something, and he was able to hit, a, like, inside the park homer or two. Uh, so this way, you know, a person could try and sell him for something. <laughs> Be like, hey, <laughs> hey, look, he's got inside the park homer power. That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, Yelich is, like, he's hitting some extreme worm killers. Like, this guy is, like – There's anthills out there on the field. They're just like, oh, Yelich is coming. Let's get down. Go down, guys. (laughs) Get go inside the hill. Come on, Yelich is about to hit. Uh, I, you know, I would say, I would stay far away from Yelich, man. I would honestly, I would panic. (laughs) I would panic (laughs) for sure if I had him. I would look at his numbers and I'd be like, oh my god, like his his ground ball rate is sixty percent. (laughs) Yikes. that's so bad man he's become like wampierre without the speed ah <laughs>
1: not, not good not good at all no okay all right so i mean are you fine dropping him in in, in leagues
2: no i wouldn't no? drop much no i wouldn't drop him not yet no i would i would i think you could sell him for like even as bad as like I would say you could even get like a, a bad closer. Like you could even get like, you know, at worst you could get at best. I think you get like a Taylor Rogers at worst. I think you get like a Daniel Bard. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's not good. Christian Yellich for Daniel Bard is not a good trade. <laughs> that sounds so sad. Christian Yelich for Daniel Bard, man. Is that really like his values tumbled for sure. His value has gone down. Almost as much as his ground balls, uh, I would say, uh, yeah, I'd I'd probably try and trade him for a closer if I could. I wouldn't drop Yelich though. I I I can't. I wouldn't be able to do that.
1: Uh, I think I'm okay with it in ten teams. Twelve team probably not uh, unless it's a three outfielder points type of setup. And then yeah, Yelich probably shouldn't have even been drafted potentially in that one, but. Uh, I, I do think you hang on in twelve-team standard leagues with you know five outfielders and and a utility. Um, next up is Oscar Mercado. He has hit the ball well when he's hit it, but you know the average still kind of still a little inconsistent here. Where are you at on Oscar Mercado? A guy who we kind of we kind of uh, talked about in our rankings show as as somebody we thought was going to break out after his twenty nineteen, and then just it's all gone to hell, but. Are you seeing a small bounce back this year, potentially? Uh,
2: I was just looking at his numbers. It was the first time I looked at him. I saw that he hit I, – I knew that he hit a couple homers. I didn't realize he was 188. That's yeah,
0: basically a homer or nothing. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it is in less than 10 games. So it, It's like, you know, I mean, with a grain of salt for sure. Um, but, yeah, he doesn't look like he's really gotten better. <laughs> He doesn't. He looks like he's hit a couple homers. To be honest, it, it looks like he hit a couple homers. Maybe, maybe something will happen, but yeah, I mean his fly balls are like he's like the polar opposite of uh of what of of Yelich. His launch angle is twenty five point six. <laughs> Mercado's become fly balls or nothing else. It, it, if somehow we could put. Uh, Mercado and Yelich combine them into one player. We'd actually have a really good player. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say uh, if you can grab them for a Hotch potato uh, as a waiver wire pickup, sure. But nothing else really there.
1: All right. How All about right. Uh, How about Taylor Ward, who has who has done a little bit better than uh, than what we've seen from. Uh, from oscar mercado here in the short season i mean he's he's only played in two games so far but (laughs) he has a home run a stolen base already in uh, in those two games
2: yeah yeah it's kind of crazy though like when you say he's only played in two games it's like and then i look at my uh like in the leagues i'm in for fab you look at like, how much people spent on Taylor Ward after two games, and you start to wonder, like, what are what people are really drinking up the Taylor Wade Kool Aid? I'll tell you that. I mean, people are sold after two games. Everyone's like, I'm in, man. Give me some of that. <laughs> I, w- I want some Taylor Ward on my team. Um, so you know, I, I think what people are thinking, uh, if if I can infer, uh, I believe. That Joe Madden said that. Uh, okay, so Joe Madden's a uh, complete idiot. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, and then to try and infer what Joe Madden's thinking from that, I mean, now, now you're really in like, uh oh, I don't know. Now you're now you're in territory where you shouldn't you shouldn't be thinking what a uh, an idiot thinks. But Joe Madden has said Taylor Ward is probably going to be an everyday player why he would play every day over joe adele or brandon marsh i have not a effing clue i honestly i don't know i don't know why taylor ward has, has won joe madden's affection does taylor ward have blackmail on joe madden maybe i don't know does joe madden think He's got like Taylor Ward and like Taylor Ward's got magical powers because he's cloned himself and become Tyler Ward. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Joe Madden thinks he's in a uh, a multiplicity sequel. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure totally why he's playing Taylor Ward every day, but Joe Madden said he's playing him every day. Unlike Jared Walsh, who he's benched a lot. So, you know, every day playing time can be valuable. Taylor Ward in uh, 2019 and Homer 11 steel 306 season in triple a. So if that can translate, there could be some, I mean, stranger things have happened. I, you know, in, uh, in my labor league, which is a 12 team mixed league. I, I put a dollar bid on in on Taylor Ward and I want him for a dollar. So, yeah, I mean, other leagues in a 15-team mixed league, I saw some people. I think put like up to like seventy-five, a hundred dollars on Taylor Ward. Like people are, people are really, uh, people are liking the Taylor Ward. So you know, I don't know. He's got a little bit of power. He's got a very little bit of speed, and he could hit for a decent average. So eh, I mean, there's worse bets if he's getting everyday playing time and he's hitting third. Yeah, it's okay.
1: Yeah, well, I, we'll have to see about the playing time and, and the batting order. That seems it seems weird to me, honestly. But we will see what Joe Madden does. If he, right, if he hits three, four, and he's going to play every day. I mean, he just by by definition he almost has to be be rostered at that point. You mentioned Jared Walsh. I mean, another guy. You're like, why isn't he playing every day? Apparently, he's not. He's sad against lefties the entire season so far for matt duffy who actually has reverse splits in his career so this makes all sorts of sense <laughs> i mean are, are you worried about jared walsh do you think eventually you know he he kind of cracks the madden code and, and gets playing time or are we worried he's becoming kind of a a back-end utility type now
2: mm, yeah no i i mean i am a little bit concerned uh you know it's it's interesting that you would think Joe Madden has no idea who Jared Walsh is. And then you're like, wait, didn't he manage the angels last year? <laughs> <laughs> Jared Walsh was on the angels, right? <laughs> he played 144 games last year and over almost 500, almost 600 played appearances. So, I mean, Joe Madden does know who Jared Walsh is. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, hopefully he's not a platoon player. I, at a certain point with lefties, You know, Jared Walsh is a lefty. So against like really tough lefties, there's worse things to do than to be out of the lineup. I mean, that's that's not really that bad if like you know against the most against the toughest of lefties. If Jared Walsh sits like once a week against a tough lefty, that's not an awful thing. If he's sitting every other day, oh god, (laughs) it's not good. That that would concern me. But right now, I'm trying to remain patient. It's early. Joe Madden's still trying to figure out who Jared Walsh is after managing all of last year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, if he sits against only the top lefties, that's fine. That's pretty standard for a lot of lefties. But you're right. I mean, if he's going to be sitting every other day, that's that's not what we want to see. And then you're going to have to base your match- matchups a little bit in, the, in your weekly leagues to, to see you know, how many lefties he's going to face in any given week. And I think, unfortunately, he's in one of the few divisions that actually does have a generous number of lefty starters, unfortunately. Um, let's move on to one, the one piece of closer news, kind of Ryan Presley going to the IL. Um, Hector Ner- Neris, Ryan Stanek, uh, probably the next in line, maybe Matone gets, gets moved up, but I think he's kind of st- stocked in there as, as kind of the setup guy.
2: Yeah, I would say uh, Nearest, Nearest, faris eh? <laughs> sorry, that's Celine Dion. Uh, Hector Nearest, I would say, is probably the guy. Stanic. I mean, I picked up Stanic because Stanic is usually pretty decent and... He was available. <laughs> it sounds like my dating life in high school. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say uh, I would say probably if you have to uh, if you have to go with Nearest, it's probably it's probably better than I am giving him credit for. He's probably going to be okay. Uh, Presley doesn't sound like he's that injured, so hopefully it's a short IL stint.
1: Yeah, I want to go breaking the bank for Neris, but I do think he's worth picking up while he's while Presley is out. Um assuming Presley's going to be taking the job back though as uh, whenever he returns. Let's talk about the Rasley and Fab and some waiver wire pickups real quick before we get out of here gray.
3: Valentine's Day isn't just about who you love, but what you love. And if you love learning about history, innovation, exploration, and true stories that will leave you inspired, then you have to get to the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. You'll find three floors filled with treasures from the revolution to today. You can even drop in the museum store and get a gift for that special someone. Parking and admission are free. For tickets, visit usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org
1: wrestling fab for everybody not listening is on april 19th that is tuesday that is probably the day you are listening to this if you're listening to it when it comes out otherwise we're a little late on helping you on that at least but let's talk about that real quick i mean how much are you planning on spending here on the first run of a fab we only get two for the wrestling
2: yeah i would uh i would probably look at like if you can get guys Because, you know, not only is there only two waiver wire pickups, but there's also the second one. Your bet has already been made by the second one. (laughs) So you're (laughs) you're not – don't bother saving your money, man. You know, if there's guys you you want, I would go all out. I would spend up to – you know, out of $1,000, I would have no problem spending close to like $700 or even more if there's guys Mm -hmm. that you really need. I mean, I – I have no issue spending most of my uh, fab money on on the Razz Slam in the first waiver wire pickup. I think uh, you know some guys I'm looking at. There's uh, you know Brash might be available, Profar, and even if uh, and even if you're not in the Razz Slam and uh, you're in like mixed leagues, some of these guys could be available too. So you know. Um, uh, listen to the very end of the podcast. Don't don't shut us off yet. <laughs> Jer- Jerickson Profar, uh, we didn't mention him earlier, but he's been a hot bat. Uh, you know who we did mention earlier: Owen Miller, Stephen Kwan could potentially be available. Uh, Oscar Mercado, Mackenzie Gore. We didn't really uh, we didn't really get to talk about him too much, but Mackenzie Gore. I would definitely, uh, I'd be, I would putting some money on, on him for fab for sure. Cause you know, who knows with the uh, with Blake Snell is uh, who he's replacing right now, but we don't know when Clevenger is going to return you uh, Darvish always seems to go down Mackenzie Gore. Now that the Padres have shown that they're willing to go to Gore, he's going to be the guy for, you know, he's going to be the first pitcher in. For any time there's an injury. So even if Blake Snell returns, Gore will be, he'll be around uh, and uh, he'll be good probably, uh, let's see, who else? Uh, Blackburn, we haven't really talked about Blackburn. Uh, a starter, I, I don't really have much, I don't have strong feelings on him to be honest. I think he's, he's definitely worth a small waiver wire bid. I would say, uh, you know, maybe in the the 20s, the 30s, uh, he's not a, He's not going to be a great bet because the A's aren't going to give him a lot of wins, um, even though they have I think they have a winning record as of recording this are <laughs> surprisingly valuable uh, in the Raz Slam. If you uh, if you you know, if you have a, a bunch of bad starts, it's not awful to like throw out like an Anthony Bender or a David Robertson uh, or even like, you know, the guy we mentioned earlier, Hector Nearest, who knows what Presley, if you can get Hector Nearest for like a couple bucks. With the Raz slam he could be valuable uh it's always tricky you know um getting rid of guys that's that's really where i've had the hardest problems is trying to get like guys off of my team because i have i have like a bunch of guys you know i mentioned earlier like a mike clevenger like he's a guy who i'm i'm holding on to in the Raslam, slam and i don't know why <laughs> I don't know why I'm holding them, but I am holding them. But there's a few guys like that that I'm – like, there's there's other guys I'm able to – like, I, I think I have, like, right now five guys that I'm getting rid of on my team. So I have room for five new guys. But I, there's more guys that I want that I'm able uh, – I don't have enough room for all the guys I want, to be honest.
1: Yeah, that, that ends up being part of the problem is, you know, we draft guys that we have high hopes for. And we're so early in the season, it's really hard to call people busts at this point. So if you have the high hopes for a player, you did all the research, and now you're like, oh, well, now I have to cut them. Unless you have a bunch of guys who got injured, it can be hard to add guys that you know should be picked up because there do tend to be a number in these leagues where we draft early, especially like the cut line leagues, the Razz Slam. When we drafted early, you know, there's guys that are sitting out there that would have been rostered. By now in any other kind of league. I will say on Blackburn, real quick, he has adjusted his pitch mix a little bit. He ditched the slider for a cutter, and he's throwing the curve and the change more. So there is a little bit there to suggest that maybe this, this breakout is somewhat legit with Blackburn. He's also added a mile plus uh to his fastball, which is uh, you know, nice when you were sending 91 to then be at 92. That ninety-one to ninety-three, every mile per hour you can gain right there is is big.
2: Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Agreed. If uh, you know velocity. So in in general, if if especially in April, if a guy is throwing for a uh, higher velocity in April, it's definitely. I mean that. That immediately my antenna go up and I'm like, hmm, this is interesting, you know, yeah. because a lot of guys, like even we saw with like Hugh- Julio Urias's first start, he was fine in the second, but his first start in Coors, his velocity was down, and I was every, I was saying, you know, like, you know, even though I was worried about Urias in the preseason, I felt like he was being overdrafted. I wasn't worried about the velocity. But Velocity in general, like Robbie Ray's Velocity, I think, was down in his second start. Like Velocity can be down in April and it can bounce back a little bit. But if Velocity is up in April, hello. Wait wait a minute. What? I like that a
0: lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: (laughs) Love to see that. uh, Also, also, um, we didn't mention uh, Daz. Cameron got called up, uh, by the Tigers. So he's just filling in for Grossman right now, but we don't know how long Grossman will be out. So that's another guy. He's like, you know, his dad was Mike Cameron, uh, 2020 220, uh, Mike Cameron and Daz Cameron isn't really that different. Uh, he's kind of, he's very similar to his dad in that respect. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would, put a lot of money on him uh, for Fab in the Raz Slam, but he's worth it. Or even like, uh, you know, in a, a mixed league, I think in, uh, you know, like a 15-team mixed league, Daz Cameron the kind of guys, I mean, he could be interesting for a couple weeks and who knows, you never know what happens. Like, you know, Grossman comes back, but someone else gets injured and Cameron has more playing time. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys, though, that I'm like, ah, man, I wish I had more room for Jorge Mateo or, you know, uh, even, like, (laughs) Abrams, who hasn't... C.J. Abrams hasn't looked great to start the year, but I would totally take a flyer on him in uh, the Razz Slam for uh, waivers if you needed another, uh, you know, another MI.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, C.J. Abrams has... Has the capability to be a difference maker, and I hardly fault a guy for looking a little slow out of the gates. Plenty of hitters are, so I I think he'll figure it out. I think anybody with that kind of prospect pedigree is worth picking up. Like Max Meyer, who has looked great so far in the minors. If you're speculating, if you have a spot that you can kind of speculate with, Uh, Trevor Larnock got called up. That's another big power bat that you could potentially add. You know, in in Razzli, I'm maybe a little less inclined to go after somebody like Daz just because his lineup spot is so in flux right now. Um, because you need those, you need the at bats in, in Raz But he could, definitely could be worth it if you just get him for, you know, a dollar, if you don't have to spend a lot. And I am spending, you know, seven, eight, even $900 potentially in this first run because there's going to be more people bidding. There's more people worth bidding on in this section. When we get around to the second one, I mean, not to say that leagues aren't going to play out the entire way, but, you know, there's probably a few people that are going to forget about it or not put in claims or or spend all their budget in this one and not have anything left. So there's any number of reasons to go ahead and spend as much as possible here in this first run. Right. Yeah, no, agreed. All right, great. I think uh, we've gotten a good amount of information. Let's we'll wrap up here right around the hour mark. Everybody, good luck in your week three matchups. If you have any questions, comments, throw them in the throw them in the comments on the site or send them to us on Twitter. I am at RazBeaton, and of course Gray is at Razball. Good luck, everybody! All right, lads.
3: When it comes to protecting the planet, science and business go further together. Georgetown's 11-month Master of Science in Environment and Sustainability Management delivers a powerful combination of scientific knowledge and business principles, preparing you to develop solutions for a more sustainable world. Ready for a career focused on protecting the planet? Learn more at esm.georgetown.edu slash explore. Valentine's Day isn't just about who you love, but what you love. And if you love learning about history, innovation, exploration, and true stories that will leave you inspired, then you have to get to the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. You'll find three floors filled with treasures from the Revolution to today. You can even drop in the museum store and get a gift for that special someone. Parking and admission are free. For tickets, visit usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org.